the voice in your ears and the face on your screen. I'm Perfect Purvis, and this is American Football and Fitness. Today, I'm joined my co-host, Q Floyd. What's going on? What's going on? We back. We are back at it again, Q. The AFF podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, American Football and Fitness is currently available on 25 different platforms. Wherever you listen, be sure to rate us. Anything less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. Don't be a hater. Give us five stars. This is season five for AFF. Uh, we really appreciate all the support we've been getting so far. Just a little update. We are almost at 1,000 followers on Instagram, which is pretty much the only social platform we actually engage on. So if you're not following us, go follow us at American Football in Finland. We're trying to get to that 1K. Uh, just, you know, putting on for the sport here in Finland. But before we get into the uh, podcast, Q, how was your weekend, man? Oh, man, weekend was good, man. I, I enjoyed the games that I did see. Uh, I just chilled out, man, you know, in the hot desert, man, enjoying life. Yeah, I, I think for me it was the same situation. Uh, if anybody saw any games this weekend, you know, Friday, uh, me and Ella Rose were out there all up on the international television. You know, I look like Star Spangled uh, Flag out there. <laughs> okay, I want, I want to tell people though, like the reason I, I was dressed that way, I wasn't just, you know, trying to be patriotic of the States. I, it literally was wash day. And the only thing I had left was those pair of uh, swimming shorts that I was wearing and they just happened to be like USA colors. So I just threw on a USA top to match it because it was hot out there. And that shirt was really thin. But it was super hot out there, and I wasn't trying to wear nothing thick like I normally wear out here in Finland. So it just – that's the look that ended up coming out, you know. And Ella Rose was out there, you know, being cute like she always was. So just wanted to get that off my chest because, you know, people been, you know, inboxing me, hitting me on the Facebook. Yeah, we was out there. We was, we was <laughs> USA. USA. <laughs> but all right, man, let, let's get into the podcast. you it's that time what's on your mind man let's get it off your chest um oh man i don't know uh i, I would say these these finnish referees for, again oh <laughs> man i i think uh i think during this 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 pandemic time uh the, the flags that are being thrown the flags are not being thrown I just don't get it, man. I mean, I, I seen some crazy plays over this weekend that I did not believe should have ever happened, um, but they did. And uh, I know that, you know, they're trying to do their best, but some of this stuff is game changing. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm always a bit critical of, of the refs sometimes, but uh, this weekend I just seen some things where I was just like, I couldn't believe it happened, man. I ain't mad at you. It, it, it is interesting what's been going on with the referees. What I want to get off my chest is um, all you haters out there? I'm talking to you guys, the haters. All right, look. Last week I was three and oh, three and oh on my pick em. Nobody said nothing. I ain't get no inbox. I ain't get no congratulations. Perfect, perfect, nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm wrong on Thursday. Inbox flooded. Instagram, I'm getting messages. Oh, you don't know nothing. Friday, another upset. Ah, oh, you picked the wrong team. Y'all sleeping on them. Blase, blase. And I know it's all fun and games, but come on, man, get off my back. I was right on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it ain't. I'm not upset or nothing, but you know, I know the haters out there. I know the trolls out there, and I appreciate it. But y'all remember, I'm right a lot more than I'm wrong. Okay, don't forget that. That's all. My, that's all I had. <laughs> Tell us, Bird. Tell us. <laughs> Tell us. All right, let's do our offensive defensive player of the week. Q, who we got for offense? Offensive player of the week um, comes from the Corpio Steelers running back, Lamar's Carswell. He had 10 rushes, 281 yards, and four TDs. How many? How many touchdowns? Four TDs. Four. Man, this guy averaged 20, 28 yards a carry, right? Yeah, he only got the ball. 10 carries, 10 carries, 281 yards. That's crazy. That's like That's crazy. That's, that's crazy. crazy. 
That might be the – I mean, I know it's still early in the season, but I put this up for offensive performance of the year. Should we do that? We should do like a, an award or something, right? We can because this right what he what he doing right now is getting ridiculous. Yeah, that's just crazy. But on the defensive side, we're gonna again go with the Quopio Steelers, and I got uh, Tommy K. Tommy uh, Ketch. Oh damn it! I'm gonna say his name wrong. Tommy Kachoa. <laughs> Tommy Kachoa had he had three tackles, two interceptions, and a PBU. But more than you know, he had the two interceptions, which kind of you know set him apart from a lot of other defenders this week. More than the stats was that, I mean, Tommy is that guy for them, and he st- he competes every time. It's really interesting mm-hmm. to see him, even against the Butchers. He was playing in the slot position, and I thought that originally they were just going to have him follow Miko Seppinen, but it looks like they really had him in that slot and had him playing like a true nickel-slash-outside linebacker because he was mm-hmm. involved in the run game as much as the pass game from that slot position, which, I mean, originally he was a safety. So that's not a bad mm-hmm. spot for him to be, but he was also able to, you know, make a couple plays on the ball in the air, which, as you can see, he had the two interceptions. So just all around, good job by him. Those are our offensive and defensive players of the week. Okay, so inside the numbers, here are a couple of the team stats that you guys need to know about the weekend what happened in each game. First game, Helsinki Roosters played against the Senior Crocodiles. Crocodiles got the win. Q, what are some of the stats that stood out about the, about those two teams in that game? Um, some of the stats that stood out in that game were, were actually the total yards, um, 242 total yards for the Roosters and the Crocs 248 yards. Um, and the Roosters having two turnovers and the Crocs having none. Um, I think that played a big part um, in the Crocs winning that game. It obviously was an upset. In, in everybody's eyes, it's an upset. Nobody's used to seeing the Roosters on too. So um, that was a that was a big game. That was honestly a big game for the Crocs. But the Roosters uh, yardage wasn't the normal. Um, didn't get the offensive production that they normally get. So um, that's why the game ended the way it did. Yeah, I agree. Um, with the Wolverines and Wassa game, the Royals had four hundred and ninety-one total yards, almost five hundred. And it was split pretty evenly. They had 211 yards rushing, 280 throwing. But what really set them apart in this game was they were 6 for 12 on third down, while the Wolverines were only 2 for 7 on third downs. And also a a weird stat, and this kind of goes against what we always say, but the Wolverines only had one turnover in this game, while the Royals had two. But the Royals were able to just outperform them statistically throughout the game. But moving on to the third game of the weekend, uh, what did you see from the Corpio Steelers and Porvoo Butchers game? Uh, well, the Steelers had 300 rushing yards and 280 from those. 280 of them came from the running back, Mark Coswell. Um, Steelers also were 6-12 on third down, and they were they had zero turnovers. The Butchers had two interceptions, both by time of K. Um, so I think that ultimately was the, was the factor uh, besides – Corpio made more bigger plays in that game, um, and they couldn't stop the running back. So, um, Corpio was a good game for them offensively, even though it was majority from one person. Uh, but can't can't complain with that. With running back getting those type of yards, you can't complain. Three hundred yards. I mean, I don't care if it's only one person. That's just all right. So in case you missed it, there were a lot of great performances in week two of the Maple League, and obviously you're going to see some different stats and photos online, but we like to go over a group of guys from each game that really like stood out and had great performances outside of those those normal names that you hear. So in the first game, you had the Roosters and the Crocodiles. An, an interesting stat that a lot of people probably won't put together is that the, the Roosters running backs, you have Antti Lottinen and Morad I want to say Daifi. I'm not sure how to say your last name. Sorry. But those two together had 17 carries for 90 yards. That's a 5.3 yard average per carry, which means the Roosters running game was actually successful in this game that they lost. And they look bad in overall. So just throwing that out there for anybody who wants to know, we're inside the numbers out here. Uh, also, mm-hmm. for the, the Crocodiles had some, some outstanding performances. Christian Powell. 20 carries, 145 yards, three touchdowns. He was the man, probably was a candidate for player of the week. 
uh, definitely showed out in this game and proved why he is, you know, an MVP candidate. Yaska Vadanen had nine tackles, one tackle for loss in the PBU. Interesting about Yaska's performance is that he was active inside the box and outside the box. Early in the game, when the Roosters were trying to get their running game going, he was the guy that finished a lot of those plays. But later in the game, when the Roosters started, you know, throwing the ball, he was guarding slot receivers. I mean, like 15, 20 yards down the field, breaking up plays, getting in the way. Like, he was active all around that field. And if you didn't notice that, then you weren't watching the game. Yaska Vodanen is the heart of that defense for the Crocodiles. But newcomer Hadrian Linda playing cornerback, he had five tackles and three PBUs. They tried him all game. They tried him all game. And he showed up every time. Every time they tried him, he showed up big and held his own at the cornerback position. So just big ups to you, man. We're out there watching. What about that second game? You seen some star performers out there? Yeah, um, the, the Royals uh, quarterback, Brandon Gwinner, had a, I mean, he had a great game at 111 yards rushing, three touchdowns. Uh, he had 280 yards passing and two passing teams. So he totaled up for five five touchdowns in that game. Um, so he had a great game. I mean, if, if some of these guys wouldn't have had a, a good game uh, the next day, he probably been the front runner for my uh, offensive player of the week. But um, and then you got Alpha, Alpha the Juice man. Shout <laughs> out. He had nine receptions, 213 yards, two touchdowns. And if you watch the game, you can see that. Uh, you can't guard him one-on-one. I don't care no. if it's American, uh, whoever. Like, it, it, there is no guarding him all game one-on-one. He's going to pretty much do what he want to do. Uh, so, Alpha had a good game. Salute to him. And then you got Cedric Willie Beeman Johnson. As long as his last name is Johnson, hey, he's going to be on, man. Ced is a, is a big play receiver. Um I would love to see Sarah get the ball more. Too bad the quarterback kind of went out in the game early, so it kind of took away from, from his offensive production. But he still had six catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and, but, they, but they had some amazing catches that game. Sarah still got it. Yeah. Um, I, I can honestly say, right, I mean, just to elaborate on Sarah a little more, if you think about Europe, Sarah is probably one of those people who actually uh, changed positions from a quarterback to a receiver and didn't miss a step. Like, really stuff. didn't miss his step. Like, he, he still is good. He's older than a lot of these guys, but said still got that juice. Um, and then next we got William James. Um, he had 11 tackles, two tackles for loss, and one forced fumble. So, um, that was a pretty good defensive game for him. Yeah, I just – I want to talk about William James. I was surprised by his contribution for the Wolverines because defensively they didn't have a great game. And he was playing kind of like the outside linebacker position. So a lot of times when he's making the tackles, they're downfield. But he was ending drives. And there was a lot of times where we thought Alpha Jello was about to, you know, be gone. And at number 37 is a guy that showed up a lot of times and mm-hmm. kind of ended the, you know, oh, my God, Alpha's about to make another highlight. So just wanted to say we definitely see William James making an impact in his first game with the Wolverines. He set out in week mm-hmm. one. But the, the last game of the weekend, you got the Steelers, and we've already talked about the Steelers versus the Butchers. Sorry, I didn't mean to ignore y'all, Butchers. We already talked about two guys from the Steelers, but another guy from the Steelers that had a, a really good performance was Josh Vanderweed. Had five receptions, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Kind of did most of the receiving work for Seth in this last game, even though they didn't really have to throw the ball that much. But he was very clutch and made a lot of big plays. So really good to see him out there doing his thing. And on the other side, you got – our guy, Miko Seppinen, showing up, six receptions, 94 yards, and a touchdown. These, this is the kind of performance we expect to see from him every week. I think that first yeah. that week one game that they played, the Butchers were trying to find themselves, even Jabari himself, and the passing game wasn't as consistent. In this second game, even though, even though their team didn't ultimately get the victory, Seppinen was there. He was a parent. You had to watch for him. And he, he made his contribution to make that offense move down the field. So really glad to see him have a great performance. Uh, last guy we're going to talk about is another uh, Steelers guy, actually, because now we're going to talk about defensive guy. Semi Raji had six tackles, three tackles for loss. Okay, he's playing defensive end. And normally in, in this league, Maple League, it's a pass-happy league. A lot of these defensive ends are just pass rushing, you know, just trying to get to the quarterback, on the pass plays, this guy, 
he's helping in the run game and the pass game. You know, he's he's actually playing that full defensive lineman position, and he's getting to the running back before the running back can get to the line of scrimmage, which means he's killing his one-on-one matchups with the offensive linemen. So just wanted to give you a shout-out, Sydney. We see you out there working in the trenches, man. And in case you missed it, that's some of the great performances from week two. Mm-hmm. All right. In other news, we're going to talk about what's going on in the world outside of the Maple League. Uh, let's talk about Division One. The results: the Kotka Eagles beat the Rovaniemi Nordman a hundred and four to zero. <laughs> now we we got to talk about that. Like, yeah. I didn't see yeah. the game, and I don't even care to see the game. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm upset at the Eagles or if I'm upset at the Nordman. No, no, I'm not gonna lie. I'm upset at the Nordman because I don't care nah, who you nah. is. I don't care who nah. you is. Giving up a hundred points, like why are you on the field? Why are you? On, you're not hard. It's hard to score a hundred points, even if the team lets you score like every play. Like you know how bad you got to play or how bad you got to not want it. To lose 104 to zero with a running clock, from what I heard. Yeah. What I, do you I, think? What do you think, Hugh? I'm, I'm just that's how um, I feel about it. I've been I've I've been a part of a 99 a 99-0 game in Finland, and uh, we beat ECG. Well, I'm talking about the Helsinki 69s. We beat ECG the first time we played a 99-0, and it's pretty much like that. You kind of score on every drive, no punts, uh, any interceptions, turning the touchdowns, stuff like that. Um, I, I will say during that win, um, it was a little bad blood from some people in organizations on both sides. So that's why we ran up the score. But uh, I'm not sure about Coca and Roman. I mean, I, I think they have a pretty good, you know, friendship-wise organizations, you know, players-wise. Um, I don't know why they scored 104 points. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> like, I also, I'm okay with the mercy rule, too. Um, but at the same time, I, I I feel like they could have maybe, you know, it's been a crazy year, I should say. Yeah. It's not even a real – it's been a crazy year, and I feel like you're lucky to, to have certain players even wanting to play. And I feel like it's, you know, for Roman Namie, I will say it will take a lot for them to come to practice uh, this week after a loss like that, man. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's more than just the score. I think it's, it's, it's sportsmanship too. Uh, being that the year has been so crazy, like you just want to kind of keep the season going. I don't know if they have played each other again, but like um, I think Coca could have probably peeled back a little bit. If, I, I'm not, I don't know if they did or they didn't try to, but 104, I'm pretty sure Nessie was out there is probably bombing, you know, every play if he can. So uh, I'm, I'm a little half and half about it, but I think they could have probably peeled out a little bit. Yeah, the word on the street is they put in their backups and just they were that much better. That I find a little. That's what I've find a little disheartening is if a team can put in their backups and still put up points on you at that point, I started thinking like, why are we even here? But another, you know, speculation, no facts. We didn't watch the game or anything, but Roman is a long way away from Kotka and they had to play in Kotka. So maybe they didn't have a full team. Maybe they were missing guys. Maybe that's why, maybe they were thin on people as well and couldn't afford to keep up with that team for that long. Anyways, There's a lot of things, but it's just an interesting fact. Just know, Somebody scored 104 points out there this year. 104. Oh, that's crazy. But also in Division One news, the Tampa the Saints beat the Pori Bears 54 to six. And today, when we're recording this, the UNC Crusaders are going to be playing the East City Giants. Um, just to say one more thing about the scoring, this is something we said before the season started that each week was either going to be you know like lopsided scores or super close. Because of the COVID situation, people not really prepping to play these games beforehand and knowing like how teams are going to play. And this is what we've seen in almost every level is a lot of the games are they'll be close for a little bit and then it's all of a sudden score go crazy. And even in mm-hmm. Division One, so far this year, I, I think Division One games all of them have been blowouts. I don't think anybody's like won a close game. Uh, the women's league is a little bit different, which takes us to the women's Maple League, which was off this week. But just wanted to say, uh, we've been contacted by some people like, hey, AFF, why don't y'all cover women's and da-da-da? Hey, man, we're working on a limited <laughs> personnel group, okay? 
And we would love to, you know, cover the women's sports side of the sport a little bit more, but we would need some help. And so if anybody wants to help us, send us a DM. Contact uh, perfectpurpose at Gmail. Uh, contact, well, I think it's actually contact at American Football in Finland.com. It's a very long one. But just send us a, a DM in, in the Instagram. And if you if you feel like you can help us and make and give us the information so that we can cover the sport, then we're willing to do it. But as of right now, we're we're stretched thin. We're hosting the podcast. We're covering the Maple League. That's all we can afford to do. There's only a few of us doing this thing, and none of us are getting paid. It's costing me a couple hundred bucks a month. Don't tell my wife. So let's just leave it at that. If if you can help us help the help grow the sport and cover the women's side of it. We would love to have you. Just hit us up. So next thing in other news, let's talk about football in Europe. Um, we're, we're over to the whole GFL thing. We're going to let that go. But last weekend, Denmark was the second league in Europe to start back after COVID. The Solarat Gold Diggers beat the Alborg 89ers 62-12. to Another blowout. Just saying. I think that's how all games are going to be this year. But this weekend... Denmark is going to continue playing. I think a few more of their teams are playing this weekend. The Czech Republic has games scheduled. And, excuse me, things have kind of been changed, but I know Switzerland has scheduled, like, some exhibition-type games. Mm-hmm. Um, even um, Jeff Buffum, the head coach from Kalanda Broncos, I think he said he's going to be playing quarterback in some of those games. So what are your thoughts on football in Europe, man? Uh, I mean, it's good, you know. I know some some places are still trying to savage. Uh, I mean, not savage, but uh, still trying to save a little bit of season, and uh, just get their guys to you know at least get some type of experience because football is one of those games, man. You know, you missing a year can mean a, a lot. Yeah. Um, it, it really can mean a lot, like not just for the organization, but for your body, um, for your mental. Uh, you know, you see it all the time with players in the NFL and other sports that take a year off or it hurt for a year and they come back and they're not the same anymore. Like they don't, that they don't really understand that, that it, it, it changes you, it changes your body, everything. So um, it's good to see some of these other countries um, trying to have some, something going on for their, for their leagues and their, and their team. So um, I, I raised my hat to them. All right. So, Let's get into these uh, week two games, win or loss. First game of the, of the weekend, Thursday night, Sanyoki Crocodiles defeat the Helsinki Roosters. What are you thinking, Q? Was that a, a win by the Crocs or more of a loss by the Roosters? <laughs> I, I just, I mean, it's I, fine. We can talk about it either I way. Picked, I, picked the, I picked the Roosters to win. Um, so I, I'm going to say the Roosters lost that game. Um, the Roosters just, are just not playing uh, Rooster football right now. And, uh, I, and and I said this before the season started, um, they have to find out what team they're going to be. If they're going to be uh, the, the local team, the national team, um, then you have to play like it. If you wanted to go all national, then you need to play like it. I don't want to hear about no injuries. I don't want to hear – unless it's your quarterback – being injured or, or or something like that, I don't want to hear about the injuries because everything everybody knows the Roosters is supposed to have depth. Mm-hmm. So if you got a, a guard hurt or a DN hurt or, or whatever, you should be able to throw somebody right in there. That if, even if I'm not saying they have to be Edu, but they still should be able to, to get some pressure on the quarterback. They still should be able to stop and run. Um, you still have a plethora of players on defense still that that. That, has, that are seasoned players, and they can't help at all on the run game. And it's just they're, it's just, they're just not playing rooster football. I mean, uh, from, from watching the game, it just doesn't look the same. It looks I haven't seen them have so many three and outs. Uh, mm. Just the play is sporadic. It's just, I don't know, I'm just not used to seeing them play like that. So um, I would say the, the Roosters lost that game. I mean, the Crocs did make the plays they need to make to win, to win that game, but um, – I still think the Roosters lost the game. Yeah, I agree. I, I I put them down this for losing that game as well. And of course, when we say this, guys, it's no disrespect to the, the Crocodiles. It's just the the heavier overlying issue is that this Rooster team played bad. And in my opinion, neither team played great. But this Rooster team played really bad. You got 
a defensive front that had no pressure in the run or the pass game on the offensive side. I feel like they didn't do similar to what happened in the first week. I feel like there was times where they showed what they did. Well, we stated earlier in the show, they ran the ball fine. They had a a 21 year old and a 40 year, a 41 year old running back. So their average age is a 31 year old running back. So together they were averaging five yards a carry the roosters offensive line. They controlled the line of scrimmage, even in the past plays where Miro is running around like he's scared of dying. He didn't have to. He's just, you know, fight or flight. If you watch the game, that offensive line played well, both in the run and the pass game, but the team didn't respond to it. They were able to run the ball, but they kept passing. Even when they were passing, Miro was moving the pocket that didn't need to be moved. Pocket is set. Instead of stepping up, he rolls out, which puts the offensive line in a position where now I can't block because now if mm-hmm. I if I go for this guy, I'm holding. So now he is running and trying to save his life, and he has nobody to throw to. Um, Johannes Johannes not playing that game it showed up big. I think yeah. Alex Wassel, I think Alex Wassel Jeff played well, but he couldn't do it by himself for Miro. They need at least two big play receivers. Late in the game, Erica caught a lot of passes, but when the game was on the line and it was they had a chance to win it, Wassel Jeff was the only guy there, and he wasn't enough. And I think you, you look at Johannes and how he played in the first game, having almost 300 yards receiving, that's something that you miss. It's kind of like missing your, your star import in that second game against the Crocodiles. And I just think, like, their offense played decent. It could have been better. I mean, their defense, I have n- I'm not saying anything good about the Roosters' defense from this game. It just – it was bad. But your offense – your offensive line played well, and the back end didn't support them. So now it looks like they're not as good as they are. I still believe this Roosters' offensive line is probably the best one in the league right now. But, let I mean, yeah, they, they lost it, but we don't want to just talk about the Roosters. Let's talk about what the Crocodiles did well in this game. I mean, Christian Powell, right? The man, yeah, the yeah, legend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What the the biggest thing I saw a difference in the from week one to week two with this team when it came to Christian Powell in the run game was in this game, they let Christian Powell do what he does. I think in the first week game, they were doing a lot of stuff that I don't think necessarily was to his strengths. A lot of times he just didn't like get a chance to get started. He's getting hit in the mm-hmm. backfield. So, and obviously everybody knows you want to stop somebody from running, hit them before they start. In this game, they weren't even blocking the overhang player from the Roosters. That safety, that outside linebacker, they weren't blocking them. And Christian Powell was making that dude miss and keep going. Like, that's what he does because he got him in space. And then he obviously, he could go in between the tackles and in the middle, they were able to get a push. But ultimately, they were saying, okay, all we have to do is hold his line so he can get to it. And after that, you let Christian Powell do what he do. And they did everything they could to hold that line. And you can see that offense is it's tough to deal with when you know that Christian Powell can make at least two people miss. And he did that. Even on all the scores he made, he made that first guy that was unblocked miss. And then he broke tackles after that at the second and third level. So mm-hmm. just incredible. And my hats go off to this Crocodiles offense that played – the way we expected them to play from week one. So I think that they're figuring it out. And even with um, Spencer Cutlin, the quarterback, I think he was able to do some things well. And having Timmy Thomas make two, only two catches, but two incredible catches, Mm -hmm. it made a difference. Both of those catches moved the ball, got them first downs, got them out of bad situations where they could get back to the run game. You know, and then they also had a situation where uh, Robitaille, caught a slant and then dipped off on the Roosters' defensive backs. What, three of them missed the, missed the tackle on them. So mm-hmm. those type of plays is what we were kind of expecting in week one and we didn't get them. But now that we got them in week two, we're hoping we can see those going forward. So my, hat's go, my hat goes off to the Crocodiles for stepping up offensively and showing us what we really wanted to see. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I, just to kind of piggyback off that just a little bit, um, I was about to say Spencer, Spencer – he, he, he didn't try to do too much this game, and I like that. I, I think that he they looked and said, okay, let's try to get uh, Christian the ball as much as possible. 
um, in certain situations. And the, the second and longs and third and longs, let's not do fades and, and posts. Let's have Tim do crossers, digs. And, and, and when anytime Spence came outside the pocket or, or just even little scenes, you know what I mean? Like him and, him and Tim got chemistry. They played together a lot. So he's comfortable with him. Like you said, Tim made some two great catches. Um, and I think the Crocs took advantage of what they could take advantage of his game. And that was, Chris, I mean, that was Kristen Powell. Now you have to, you have to get him going. He's, he's better to me in between the tackle. And if you see his yeah. runs, that's, that's where he, that's where he, he might, because once he gets to those linebackers, the safeties, it's pretty much a done deal. Like a lot of people don't want to tackle him. Um, especially when he's full speed ahead like that. And I think I, the would, I are, wouldn't want to tackle yeah. him. I'm just putting that out I, on I record. Were, oh yeah. Yeah. And I think they were comfortable at home. Cross is comfortable at home and, and rested, and I think they was excited for this game because they felt like literally, like if you watch the film, I think they felt like we could beat them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and um, if into just to anybody in the Maple League right now, if if you want to beat any team, all you have to do is run the ball. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty much what's going on. Nobody is playing run defense in the Maple League at all, and the reason is it's like that is because it's been such a pass happy league. People have 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 got their team that they've, they've tried to structure their team to stop the pass and forgot about the run game. And now everybody's getting exposed in the run game. You can pretty much, everybody's giving up 200, 200 yards rushing easily, uh, almost Amazing. 200 yards rushing. So yeah. if you, if you want to win, you know, I think the Crocs just did what they, what they could. And that was run the ball and, and throw when they needed to. Yeah. And just last thing to say about this game, even on the other side of the ball, the Roosters were able to run the ball. They had 90-something yards rushing. I mean, that's not nothing to laugh at. Like, if you can rush for 100 yards in a game, I don't care if it's one person or a committee, that's a solid game. You want to rush for 100, pass for 200 in these leagues nowadays. The Roosters were able to run against the the Crocodiles effectively but did not stick to it. So, like you said, if you want to – I mean, if you really want to win, just run the ball. There's nobody stopping anybody. All right, so let's get to the the second game, Friday night. Wassel Royals came down to Helsinki, played Helsinki Wolverines, and left with the dub, man. What do you think? Was it a Ooh, loss? That game, I thought that game was going to be a lot closer than what it was. Um, Wolverines Should've quarterback uh, had an injury, kept him out most of the game. I think if he stays in the game and plays a uh, majority of that game, I think we have a closer game. I think the Royals uh, realized what the situation was with a backup quarterback with not a lot of experience in, they sent pressure. And that's what you get when you have uh, Coach Booker and you got Stacy defense guy. You know, Stacy defensive, you know, guru too. So he knew, like, all right, y'all putting y'all back up in. All right, well, he got to make some throws. Um, and then, once again, um, the running back <laughs> for, the, for the Wolverines. I mean, he was gashing the Royals. He was gashing the Royals defense, man. And I think if I think if Forcier plays the whole game, I think it might be a, probably some close different outcome because they were doing pretty much what they wanted to do when he was in the game. He's mobile, he can run, he can throw. Um, when he left the game, he kind of gave him a one dimensional thing to do. Um, but Wasa, but, but quarterback, you know, he's a he's a watching him these two weeks. He's kind of like one of those uh, those brawler quarterbacks. Like he might not wow you with his arm, but he will save some plays. He will get the ball out sometimes, and he just be like, "How did he do that?" Or like, if some of his runs, I'm just like, "Man, yeah. this dude right here, is, is, he got heart." Like, he just one of those people I think who is just a player. Like, he likes to show up in clutch times, and um, he got the ball to Al- Alpha, um, and he, he, you know, they did what they had to do to win the game. So, win or loss, man? <laughs> uh, I'll say, I'll, I, I know I went off of that. I say, uh, I'll say the, the Royals won the game. Yeah, that that's what I said too. I, I'm glad we'd be on the same page. I think the, the Royals won the game, and, and basically, like what you said was obviously that injury to Chris Forcier changed everything about how this game finished. And we can't really speculate on what would have happened, but we know it would have been different. But what the Royals did was, I feel like in in their second game, they did similar to what they did in the first game. In the first half, they're down by one point because of missed field goal, but basically it's a tie game, and they didn't play as well as they should have. In the first quarter, they ha- they have two turnovers in the red zone, 
or right outside the red zone, if I'm not mistaken. And also a bobble snap on a punt, which gives the Wolverines the ball inside the 20. So that's three unforced errors. Like these weren't forced fumbles. These were, oh, the guy was moving and fumbled the ball, or they were trying to pitch it and it fumbled. Like these are unforced errors in the first quarter that probably cost them two more touchdowns. And if they had those two touchdowns at halftime and then the injury to Forcier, like this is a blowout from the beginning and you never think it was close. But what they didn't do was they didn't, you know, dig a hole. They stayed the course. Even a little bit of shout out to Seppo at halftime. He was saying, I'm not tired. They're tired. Kind of foreshadowing what was going to happen in the second half where they really just, you know, put it on the, the Wolverines, a team that without their quarterback seemed like they had no idea what was going on which is unfortunate, but that's what happens when one team goes in at halftime, makes adjustments, and another team says, well, we're going to just hope our quarterback comes back. So I really think the Royals were the better team. And just to speak on, again, your boy Brandon Gwinner, the quarterback, he's something, all right? Uh, Week one, I was a little shocked to see his running style, but week two, yeah, like you said, he can run, he can throw, he has a, a big, strong arm. But he likes to run, and he's a bruiser. He's he's not going to make you miss. He will put his shoulder down, run you over, keep running, get more yards. Even if it's only for to get a first down, he's going to dive and get that extra yardage. Like, he's constantly trying to make the big plays. So having someone like him at the quarterback position on this team, going to make them dangerous every week. And against the, the Wolverines, I really just think the Royals were the better team for all four quarters. Just can't have the excuse of saying an injury would have changed. I'm not speculating. In this game, they played better. They look like they're going to win pretty much from the second half on, which they did in week one as well. So it's just a win for the Royals for sure. All right, so speaking of the last game of the weekend, we got the Corpio Steelers versus the Portville Butchers. Uh, what are you saying? Win, loss, what are you thinking? Mm. Butchers. I think the Butchers lost this game. Um, okay. Yeah, I think the Butchers lost this game. Um, they play, I think, uh, some, some steady first halves. I mean, the Butchers, last two weeks, the Butchers have, play, have had some steady first halves. I mean, when you think about, like we said, the roster, uh, the defense, of not, defense not really having any name any big names on their defense, but they're coming into these these first halves like in the game. Yeah. Literally seven, in the game. Seven points in week one, 20 points in week two, but only down by a touchdown. So that's two yeah. really good games. Yeah, yeah that's a, that was a good that was a good first half. Um so I think uh I think when they get to that second half they either like out of gas or the momentum just just goes away at halftime or something. I don't know. Um but yeah, I definitely think the Butchers lost this game. Not taking it away from from what Corpio was doing, but I think if Butchers, if you were that close to beating a team or you have the ability um, to beat those teams, I think you got to find a way to to just bring out more in your players and bring out more juice. I mean, these guys, now they, I'm not gonna take it away. Butchers was trying, like they really was trying. Like some teams just don't have the players, um, but I do think they have some 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 guys that will play their hardest. And then they got Jabari as a leader. And I think when you got somebody on that team like that who he's going to give his all, it'll kind of trickle down to the rest of the guys. Um, I think it's a lack of lack of talent in certain places for the Butchers is the reason why they're losing these games. But um, I still think they was in a position to, you know, make a play. Like, I mean, the turnovers kind of killed the drive sometimes. Um, because really – I can live with it. I can live with Carswell getting his yards because you still gonna kind of be in the game. But then you give up a bomb to Tino. Um, mm. That takes you know that takes all the that takes all the air out of your defense sometimes. So um, yeah, I still say the Butchers lost the game, man. They 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 had opportunity to to go up and and try to somewhat capture this game. They just didn't have the energy to do it. No, I, I feel bad because I'm going the same. I'm saying the Butchers lost the game, even though. Again, it's no disrespect to what Corpio did because they played phenomenally. But like you said, the Butchers had the chance. Um, I Originally, I didn't watch the first half. I had to go back and see it later. But I, I started watching it the second half um, when it was live. 
And second half, you know, this halftime is 20 to 14, butchered down by a touchdown. I'm like, okay, I can, I can live with them giving up 40 points and scoring 28 to 30. Like, I, I, we went into the game saying they're going to lose. I didn't expect them to win, but how they lost makes a difference in this aspect because they, like you said, in that first two minutes of the third quarter, still get the ball, first play, Carswell, boom, gone, touchdown. They kick the ball off to the Butchers. Butchers go three and out, which is just, that's never a good thing. As soon as the Steelers get the ball, bomb the Tino. So now, instead of being down 20 to 14, you're down 34 to 14, just like that. And mm-hmm. at that point, that's when you know the game's over for the Butchers because, like you said, they don't have the talent to put up those type of points that fast. And even if they were to score with them back and forth for the rest of the game, they're, they're down by three touchdowns. That defense mm-hmm. isn't going to make those type of big play stops and go that fast. But what, what I find disheartening is that I feel like this second game kind of proved it that this is something that they're going to have to work on going forward the next week when they play against the Roosters, especially. Can you come out of the, the locker room at halftime and know what the other team is going to do? Because it seems to me in this second half, they're like, okay, let's just keep doing what we're doing. When is that ever going to work? The yeah, team, just- yeah, like – you couldn't stop the run in the first place, and I understand that. Okay, when they come, but if you can't stop the run, and then the first play that they have is a run play, and you can't stop it, what did you change? What did you tell your guys? Did you tell them, "Oh, well, they've been running on us, so let's get ready for the pass," and then immediately after that run play, they throw a pass, and you can't stop that either. And that I mean that's a man-to-man situation. At, oh well, but I'm more concerned about that first run play where the dude has 200 some yards already at the half. So, you know, they're going to, you know, feed him early in the, in the second half so they can get a, a bigger lead. We're not selling mm-hmm. out on stopping that and nobody makes that play. I feel like the butchers, the talent put that to the side. I think their offense is playing really good, but defensively they have to make a stand at some point and say, we're not going to let you just run through us. This defense has shown that, after halftime, we're not capable of doing more than what we did in the first two quarters. And that's why it's a loss for them because they they cannot adapt and get better as the game goes on, which the two teams they lost to have shown, and they lost to the two undefeated teams in the league. Both of those teams mm-hmm. have shown that, hey, halftime is just halftime. We got more in the tank. And the Butchers mm-hmm. have shown that, hey, we'll give you a good fight for the first two quarters, but the next two, not so much. And I'm upset that I say lost to the Butchers because – I just want to say this, too. I think the offense played really well. I think that was probably one of the best versions of the Butchers' offense we're ever going to see. And ignoring the interceptions and and what happened late in the game because it got out of hand. But even going the first three quarters, I think the offense played how you would have wanted them to play as a team going forward. Just think the defense Mm -hmm. really is what screwed them over. That defense not holding tight because you need both sides of the ball, I think having Miko Seppinen involved this time, having Jabari actually have a run game. His running back got to run the ball instead of him having to run so much, which allowed him to be better in the passing game because he wasn't, you know, breathing heavy out there every play. So I think offensively they, they got some cooking and they're getting better. But defensively, you you got to decide that, hey, we're either going to stop the run or we're going to stop the pass. Right now they're not stopping anything. So mm-hmm. uh, but again. Let's not, you know, focus so much on negative. What about the Steelers? What do you think about what they did well in that game? Um, I think they're the most uh, talented team right now um, in the Maple League. I think um, they, on both sides of the ball, they got they got weapons on both sides of the ball. And when you when you have that, um, you're more than likely to make bigger plays than the other team, you know, going to make. When you got Tommy K out there uh, and him being active, he doesn't even have to make a lot of plays sometimes. It's just the fact that he's active. He's around his energy, you know, and, and the other players feed off of that because I can – you can point out a few Steelers defensive players, uh, definitely DBs, who didn't have the greatest games. Like, they didn't have the greatest games. Um, but at the same time, when you got a guy like Tommy on there, uh, always keeping those guys hype, keep pumping them up, giving them the confidence that they need to become players because the only way that you become a better player is, is experience. And – um 
I think Corpio right now have the, has the most experienced players um, for situations like this. I think they're in playoff. I think they're in goal mode already. Like Corpio was already like had a trip on their shoulder. Um, they got that. You can see from the signings that they're doing that they like they're going. They're trying to win the whole thing. And um, I think in any sport, I think in any season, that should be every team's goal is to win. It should I never just, be. I want, uh, I want people to remember what we talked to Seth Peters before the season. And something that stuck out to us is he said, I hope everyone else is trying to win because we are trying to win and we don't care what the circumstances are. Like he said it before the season and put everybody on notice. And I think people might have took that a little bit lightly. And this Steelers team is like not even – it's not a joke. In two yeah. games, they've scored 14 touchdowns. Yeah. To that's, average, that's, yeah. That's- that's what it is. I mean, like, you can feel – people can feel how they want to feel about the Steelers, but they're just – they're doing what any team is supposed to do. You're supposed to put your team in the best situation to win the championship. And if your team is not doing that, it's because they don't want to win. And that's mm-hmm. just point – that's point blank period. Now, whatever reasons they have, that's that's for the team. But you can't get mad or feel some kind of way because another team is going all out to win when that's what you're supposed to be doing anyway. <laughs> they do it in every level of sports. Like you need the best players, and I don't care how much money we spend to get these imports, that import. I do the same thing. If I was trying to win a championship and we got the money to do it, hey, I'm doing the same thing. Because pride, uh, all that right there, don't give you championships. At the end of the day, yeah. At the end of the day, not one championship trophy or ring says pride on it. Not not one that says, hey, you at got all. this from pride. You won well, yeah. pride games. No, you got to win the game. The Steelers out here trying to win. They are winning. They're in first place right now, putting up points every week. Seven touchdowns a week. If they win the whole thing, it was worth it. That's how I see it. Exactly. If they win the whole thing, it was worth it. You should have did it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I mean, Corpio is is, is probably the best team right now. Um, Well, I'll say one of the best teams, you know what I mean, if not the best team. So, Hey, they doing what they supposed to do. They two and zero. That's what you wanted to do coming into the season. So, yeah. they they won the game we expected them to win, and they did it in a fashion that makes them look like the best team in the league. So, kudos to the Steelers, man. Good job. Okay, so we're here with Sinyogi Crocodile's defensive back slash receiver slash running back slash returner. Uh, Mr. He Can Do It All out of Germany, <laughs> man. Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's good to have you on, man. It's always good to get a little fresh blood out here in Finland. You, you've been in Europe no before. Uh, your reputation precedes you, as they say. So we're not even going to ask you all them questions. But we do want to talk about the game you guys just won against the Helsinki Roosters. And Q, you said you had a question for them. Yeah, my question is, um, from from the first game to the second game, um, what's something that you guys really wanted to work on and really wanted to make sure you executed uh, coming into this Roosters game? Well, I think you said it right there, just to execute. Like, if you watch that game, we had a lot of just huge miscues and just completely missed assignments or not carrying out what would you would think would be a simple assignment and then also some discipline. So we had a really bad taste in our mouth, as you do after all losses, but this one in particular, because, you know, it was the first game, the whole Europe was watching the first, you know, division one or league one football game to be played. And we just, we didn't put our best foot forward at all. We, you know, hats out to the Wolverines. They played a really good game, but we just shot ourselves in the foot over and over again. And just looking back on that film, it just hurt to know that we didn't really give ourselves a chance. So we were kind of itching to get back on the field and show what we are really about. So. Yeah, so against the, the Roosters, you guys played a much more complete game, both on offense right. and defense. Uh, just going into that that game and actually looking back on it, what do you think really was, you know, the recipe for why you guys were able to kind of dominate um, the former Maple League champions? Well, we just, you know, got back to the basics in practice. Uh, like I said, eliminate the, the mental errors and just be able to play fast, like – if you look back on the film, we didn't do a lot of um, crazy blitzing, stunting, and not a lot of trick plays. It was sort of real basic football, line up, play fast, and, and execute, and that's what we did. So we just focused on everyone doing their assignment, 
be responsible for their assignment and play for your brother next to you. And that's, you know, that's kind of what we did. So it felt good. You know, Roosters, are obviously, everyone knows who the Roosters are and who they've been. And we knew it was going to be a tough task. And, uh, you know, we were ready for it. All right, Q, what else you got for him? Um, I guess this next question is is coming to, is to your next game. Um, you got the Washington Royals uh, next. Everybody knows Alpha July, one of the most dynamic, uh, fastest, quickest receivers in Europe. Um, right. Do you plan on yourself uh, taking that challenge, or is it some kind of game plan you guys got where you're gonna bracket them or what? Like, how do you feel about so without divulging too yeah yeah without divulging too much of the game plan, you know. It feels up to me the kind of competitor I was, I am. I'd want them one on one every play, every down, following around the field because I want to go against the best. That's that's why I play to play against the best. That's why I bounce around in Europe to try to you know see where I can find the best competition and, and try to thrive in that situation. So if it was up to me, I would follow them around and try to lock them up and take it as a personal challenge. Now it's not up to me, so we got to do what's best for the team. And so we got a few things cooked up, a few different looks we're going to throw at him, as you have to with great players. Um, but, you know, we can't just completely focus only on him. They got a, other, a, couple, a couple other few guys that can, can hurt us too. So we got to just play sound football and, uh, you know, let the coaches put us in the right positions and we just go out and execute. Guys. All right, now my question, uh, obviously, right. you guys, hey, it's going to be a big game. Um, mm -hmm. We're talking about Alpha and how, you know, dynamic he is. But, you know. Sure. Alex Germany, you're no slouch, my man. Uh, no slouch. Like, like I said before, defensive back, receiver, running back. Uh, I got a two-part question, okay? Because this is my gotcha. last question. But I got a two-part First question is, can you play quarterback? Okay. I'll say this. I can play any position on the field, and that will include quarterback. That, <laughs> see, that's all I need to hear. That's all I need yeah, to sir. hear. Okay, yes, so my, my second question I was going to ask you was going into this game, uh, something we've kind of got familiar with with both the Crocodiles and if, if I really want to be personal about it, the Timmy Thomas, Spencer Cutlin type of Crocodiles is mm -hmm. guys love to be creative on the offensive side of the ball. And again, like with someone like you who can do so much, do you guys have a couple, you know, I don't call them trick. I, I call mm -hmm. them great plays that you have planned for the Royals this weekend. So our our coaching staff does a really job, a really good job of using our personnel. And if you see our personnel, we got weapons everywhere that can play multiple positions. Um, me being one of them, but also with this COVID situation, we haven't had much time practice time. I had a practice and a half before our first game because I had to quarantine. Once I finally got over here after three failed attempts to get over here. So we haven't had much time, so we had to kind of just put in the basic stuff. But now that we've been together, had some more practice time, some more field time, um, I think you start seeing some some more creativity. Again, not to give up too much information, but you'll see me line up at quite a few spots in these next coming weeks. So, uh, as, I, as I like to say, just, you know, get your popcorn ready because I plan on putting on the show. All right. Okay. Q, Q, did you have anything else for him? That's all I had. Perfect answer. No, that's man. it. That's it. He answered everything, man. He answered it. <laughs> well, oh. Alex Jeremy, we appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. And good luck to you and the Crocodiles next weekend against the uh, Wasser Royals. Again, I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, I'll come back anytime. I enjoy this. All right. I know what y'all are doing. All right. Good Thank luck, you. man. I appreciate it. Take care. So we're here with Quopio Steelers linebacker, Cadell King. Cadell, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, thank you for having me, man. It's good to have you on. Look, we're going to get straight into it. Q has some questions we want to ask you about the last game. Go ahead, Q. Uh, last game, we seen you guys uh, pretty much, uh, you know, control the game for the most part um, against the Butchers. Um, how do you see yourself – I mean, how do you see yourself in a role on, as your role on this defense? Um, well, my role in defense for last week's game was basically to uh, make plays. Uh, it's changing now that we've got, that we've got AJ because AJ's a beast, you know, so it's going to be changing. But I'll just have to be in a position to make sure I scrape up whatever the D-line gives me. You know, we have a beast, we have beast on D-line, uh, Sammy, Shark, uh, Timmy, and even Yanni. So, like, those guys be making plays. Whoever they miss, I have to be there for that. So 
that's my role. Now we got AJ coming in. It's going to be changing a bit. I'll let y'all see it when we play Helsinki. But, you know, that was my role for last week's game. Yeah, um, my question about last week's game was, uh, we've, we've talked about it on the podcast earlier about how the Butchers usually play a good first half and then they had a horrible second half. But you guys, is, on a defensive side, yeah, your, your defense has kind of been evolving in the last two weeks. It, the first game against the Roosters, the first half looked a little bit different than the second half. And then against the, the Butchers, you're playing a totally set of, of offense. Like, that offense isn't the same. So, my, my real question is, how do you guys see yourselves going forward defensively, obviously with A.J. coming in, but how do you see you guys, you know, progressing forward against the run game? Because that's what we've seen as being kind of the, the weakest spot for most defenses this year. Yeah, so um, the last couple of games, the first few games, we were, we're all like new guys, right? So a lot of new guys, me in the box, with Sam in the box. Uh, I think the LB from the playing Will wasn't playing for uh, us last year. So there's new guys, we need to like get chemistry together. And it was hard, obviously, we have like a proper off season together or pre-season together. Um, so I think that we're improving from the Roosters game to this game, there's a lot of improvement. Um, obviously, with AJ coming in, it's gonna allow everyone to play more freely. We're gonna trust each other more. So even though it may have been a weak point in the first two games, I believe going forward is going to be one of our strong points. Okay. Stopping the run game. That, that's just a big thing that we've been talking about on this show specifically. Yeah. Is the run game is, has been very difficult to stop for everybody. Uh, Q, what else did you have to ask him? Um, my next question was, uh, I was just about to say, with AJ coming in, um, do you think anybody will be able to really match up to your defense now? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Like, AJ comes in, that just allows us to all play freely. I know for the first couple of games, I was playing a bit more timid. I didn't know some of the guys and how they played on defense. I didn't trust people as much as I should have. I trust AJ. Like, if I'm about to, like, die and, like, who you trust, I'm calling AJ up, like, yo, AJ, come help me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I trust this guy. We practice together. And he brings, like, a whole new energy to the defense, really. So, I know, come for the Roosters get Helsinki game, Wolverines game, that if they want, they can run it on us as much as they want. But if they want to win the game, they got to find another way to win because they won't be able to run it. And <laughs> you all know about Tommy being a lockdown, so... You know, it's going to be a it's going to be a great season for us. Okay, all right. Speak of the, the Wolverines matchup. Okay, let, let's get into it then, Cadell. All right, so let's, let's just speak hypothetically. You know, the run game. Uh, y'all gonna shut that down. The, the the Wolverines won't be able to run against y'all. Now, I know you're a linebacker, but yeah. it's been said, and I don't know if they backed it up yet, but that they have probably the most dynamic receiving core in the league. You have you have four guys who could be starters on any other team playing yeah. receiver for this team. How do you think you guys match up with that with your defensive scheme? Uh, like you said, you got a great D lineman. Your linebackers are great, but I'm just gonna say this: you can't run with Sebastian Sane. Like that's not gonna happen. You can't be running with Seven Johnson. <laughs> so how do y'all match up? Like how do you do that? How do you stop yeah. the pass game? I just wanna say first, Sebastian's my boy. We play at Frankfurt together, but Tommy's a beast, man. Tommy's like a beast. You guys see what happens? They try Tommy, man. Like Tommy can't Rufus guard is, everybody, though. That's all I'm saying is, what do you hey, gonna do for everybody else? He only can guard one person. He, that's all he needs to do. Guard uh, Sebastian. We, I trust Eero. I trust Tino and Max. Like Max is the brains of the defense. We're gonna calculate a way to make sure we stop every part of the offense. So it's not gonna be like we stop the run game and we win the game. We gotta stop the run game and stop the pass game. And I believe that my defense is far, fast enough, smart enough to match up with any defense in the league, offense in the league. This defense is going to you compete in GFL. So I think if we stop uh, Sebastian, it'll be good. The biggest threat would be for me is a QB because their QB can run and pass. So once we stop the run game, into the pass game, as in the Q. Okay. All right. That's a plan. Q, you got anything else? He answered, hey, that was, that's what I wanted to know. And you just told me what I needed to know. 
Yeah, it was good. I was, uh, uh, my mine would be, uh, it's, it's not really a question. I was just going to make a statement. Um, I know you said Tommy will be on Sebastian. Um, but yeah, I was I, saying, yeah. I, I, I think Tommy should be on said. I'm just going to be honest with, with how the season is, with how the season is going right now. Y'all need to make sure that somebody is on said because. <laughs> <Hey. laughs> Tommy said it from the get go. He wants to go against the best. We, yeah. We're going to yeah, give him the best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're not going to take our best defender and put him on someone who isn't the best receiver. You know what I'm saying? For, from the well, day I, I feel like that's, that's to be said. I, don't, we, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I think that's what Q is saying is that. Yeah, that's, okay. what, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, I, I, no, don't get me wrong. I know Seabass is good. I give Seabass all his credit. But I'm saying right now, with how the Wolverine season is going, said is, should be the first threat, I think, coming into this game. Yeah, that's the, I feel, that's the one who's. You know, hey, I feel you guys completely. Bombing. I feel you guys completely, but what the Helsinki are one to one right now, right? Yeah. The one game they won, Seabass had 200 yards, right? 130 on four 130. Yeah. Yeah. The, the game they lost, he had 30 yards, right? Yeah. So that's the cause and effect? Okay. Right. I'm, I'm, see, I'm seeing the correlation. It's two games in, but I'm seeing the correlation. You feed your, bo- your playmakers the ball. You win the game. You don't. You see what happens. I you, you got a, a. It's kind of a point. I mean, I can. I I, I think he, he he does have a point. I, I I also feel like if 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 Porsche doesn't come out the game, said said probably has three touchdowns, three hundred passes, three hundred receiving yards though. Again, I think if, if Porsche don't come out the game, last game, still has last game. game. Oh, I last game. Game. Last okay, I put you up against us, man. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, like, um, I give him all his respects. Obviously, he's a border, you know, but at the same time, we have to think about it as we know who the borders are on the team. We know who the borders are on our team. And Tommy said it since I met him. So when I met him, I came up to him like, hey, Sonny is playing. He said, that's the boy I want. You know? Yeah. You know Tommy be talking. That's the matchup. That's so, the matchup. Yeah. Try him, man. Try him. That's the matchup, man. Yeah. 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 Hey. That's it right there, then. Cadell, we ain't going to take no more of your time, man. Appreciate you coming on the podcast, and good luck to you and the Steelers this weekend against Wolverines. Thank you. Thank you, man. Good luck, man. Okay, it's time for tough questions. Let's ask each of these teams a question that they need to answer with their gameplay this weekend. Q, I'll let you go first with the Roosters. What's a question you got for them? Um, Rooster's question would be: uh, Can they can they put together a complete game and turn this season around? Um, it's, it's been a while since they started off one two. Um, been a really long time. And I know this is this isn't a familiar place for them. So um, my question would be to the Roosters: Are, are, are can you guys put together um, a complete game defensively, offensively, special teams, and get this back on the road and get in, and try to compete for this championship? Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna go to their competitors, the Butchers. And my question for the Butchers would be, can you continue to improve? Uh, we've seen in the first two games a, an offense that has improved. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% behind what they've been doing offensively. I feel like they're kind of gaining their stride. Defensively, we've seen a defense that has been good in the first half of two games, and pretty much that's it. They haven't done anything to improve in the second half, and it's cost them two games. So what I want to see from the Butchers is can you continue to improve both offensively and defensively going to the next game? Um, next team we'll talk about uh, the Wassel Royals. Uh, give me a question for them, Q. Uh, can the Wassel Royals start fast? Can they come out, put a drive together, begin of the game, score touchdowns, or are they going to be that, all right, let's crank up in the second half team? Um so I think the Ross Warriors, if they come out and can can put points up early, um, they might, you know, possibly. I don't say might possibly, but the Warriors can be easily one of the top two teams um, if they come out and, and give a complete four quarters. Um, yeah. These last two games, they've just been having these like semi first halves where they like, all right, we're trying to figure it out, we're gonna get it together, but then come out in the second half and they they moving. So um, the question with them is, you know, can they start fast? Yeah, uh, for. Their opponents this week is going to be the Crocodiles. 
My question to the Crocodiles is, I, I want to know, is this the real Crocodiles team? We saw two totally different teams in the first two weeks. So is the first week team, is that team going to come back? Or is the second week team that we saw play against the Roosters who we can all say Roosters played bad? So now you're going to be playing against the Royals who we've seen as, as a, a team capable of being one of the top in the league. So I want to know, am I going to see the real Crocs team this weekend? Am I going to see what you're really capable of? Because this is probably going to be your most difficult task to date. Uh, talking about the last game of the weekend, give me something on the Steelers, man. Man, the Steelers, uh, how many points can they score? Steelers, how many points can you ah. score? Right now, they, you know, these guys say he's scoring seven touchdowns a game in these right now, so um, they're on fast pace to, to put up some major numbers in these five games. And um, also, I, I don't think the students are putting together a complete game. So that's another, you know, could be another question. Like, let, like, is this what they're going to be going into the rest of this, these games? Can they play better? Um, mm-hmm. But more than anything, like how much, how many points can you really put up? Um, just, this is random. Like, this is not even part of the segment. But, hey, man, we ain't, we ain't been able to say 50 burger yet. Two whole weeks. We ain't saying 50 burger. Uh, Steelers, help us out. We'd love to say yeah. 50 burger on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, get get back to the tough questions. The Wolverines, last question of the week. Uh, this is kind of a personal one for the Wolverines. You guys playing the Steelers. My question for them is, can they win in Quopio for the first time since, like, 2016? Like, going all the way back to – Last time both of these teams were in Division One, they have not beaten Quopio in Quopio. And now they have to go up there. And they've been – I mean, they've probably played about, what, six or seven games there. They played playoffs there last year too. So they mm-hmm. played away and lost, and then played the playoffs and lost. Like, it's a lot they, – they beat them at home, but can they beat them in Quopio? That's my question. Can you beat the Quopio Steelers in Quopio? I know it's a different team, but – People on the Wolverines poop on the Steelers. No, there's a little bit of rivalry there. So, mm-hmm. can you guys win in Quopio? That's my question for you this week. Okay, so the Maple League returns on Thursday with the Butchers at the Roosters, then the Royals versus the Crocodiles on Friday, and the Steelers host the Wolverines on Saturday. Um, our panel of football experts will pick winners for this week's games on our Instagram account at American Football in Finland. Feel free to find us in the comments with your thoughts. Uh, just an update on the pick'em. Perfect Purpose is in first right now at four and two. Coach Q is in second at three and three. Coach Suomas Hekkinen is in third at two and four. And the Finnish Swami is also tied in third at two and four. So, you know, uh, this last week, wasn't that great for me. Uh, I went one and two. Mm-hmm. I think we all went one and two, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we all went one and two, and, and that's all right. Um, shit. I was three and I'm going to take the lead this time. I'm going to take the lead this week. I, I haven't guarantee. made my picks yet, but I feel like we're going to have a, a mix-up this week, so hopefully that gets us somewhere else. Yeah. But, yeah, that's it for this, this episode of American Football in Finland. Hope it was worth the listen and the watch. Uh, Q, any last words before we go? No, just good luck to all the teams that are, that are competing. Stay safe and, uh, and give us what you got. Yeah, we want to see it all. If you enjoy the show, please follow us at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate us five stars as well. Anything less tells us that you are a hater. You can follow us on the Gram and Facebook at American Football in Finland. Until next time, never forget T-I-F.